got something to be grateful for. We made it through 2020. I survived 2020. You survived it. Come on. Amen. And it's the beginning of a new year, and I'm determined 2021 is going to be better than ever. Amen? It's going to be a great year through the Lord by His help, and I'm determined to experience His greatness through my life. Somebody's watching from Sanger. Would you say thank you, Sanger? Visalia, Fresno. Come on, San Diego. They're watching. Thank you. Listen, how many of you had a great Christmas? If you didn't, you're here. You're going to have a great Sunday. But I had a good Christmas. I had, I got to admit, these holidays have been good. I might have gained some weight, but I already lost it, okay? Because I, I exercise. I try to at least. And, and uh, you know, and, but, you know, Christmas was good. I love having uh, my, my adult children now because now they bless me in return. I've been, I sowed a lot into them. Now I'm getting blessed. And so... You know, I got some new kicks. I got some new vans. Isn't that cool? The new vans. Look at that. New vans. New shirt. Same old jeans, but the same. A new shirt. New van. And, and then I got some great news. I, I'm going to be a grandpa again. My youngest daughter and son-in-law. They came over our house and they brought a box of donuts, right? And I can't resist donuts, especially good ones. And so my daughter placed the donuts by the fridge. And she, she told us after, go, go and get the donuts ready. So I opened up the donuts. And as I'm looking in, I see a donut in the sh- and it had the, the outline of a baby bottle. And then there's another one with like look like pamper or diapers. And I was like, whoa. A baby, and then my wife turns around and looks at my daughter who's filming us. No, a baby, and you know, we're like, we're in tears, like this can't be happening. But sure enough, uh, we do know after her appointment this past week, it's not going to be twins or triplets or quadruplets or quintuplets. I mean, we were hoping for more at, at one time, but uh, we're excited, and so keep my youngest and my son in law in prayer. We're excited about what's going to happen this new year uh, in that area. But also, I want to share with you that coming to the end of this past year of 2020, I went through a Bible plan that really sparked and inspired what I'm going to be sharing today and what we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks and maybe even months. That's going to be the foundation of where we're going for this year of 2021. This Bible plan was entitled Passion, Vision, and Action. Passion, Vision, and Action. And it really spoke to my heart because as I'm reading this Bible plan, it's showing me how Jesus was a man of vision. He was a man of passion. He was a man of vision. He was a man of action. And that's my desire is that this year God would equip us to be people of passion, vision and action and i'm believing that as you and i pursue god and as we come together on sundays here at the house or on live stream that you're going to be equipped along with me in in such a way and that we will be empowered to become more like jesus in 2021 becoming people 
of passion, vision, and action. Now, there were a group of people standing outside a very large and well-adorned, decorated cathedral in Europe. And they were admiring the very fine craftsmanship, the detail work, the care, and the love that seemed evident in, in a building such a fine place to worship a loving God. One of the men that was admiring this wonderful cathedral turned to another in the group and said, Why can't we build so today? Why can't we build with such pride, such craftsmanship today? The other replied, They had convictions. We have opinions. They had convictions. We have opinions. In other words, there is a connection between passion and production. If you really want to accomplish something that is effective and productive in your life, there must be a passion first in your heart. Before you can accomplish something effectively with your hands, there has to be first a passion in your heart because it is that passion that conviction that will move you when you don't feel like moving on passion matters in fact i've heard it say said that it is passion that persuades it is passion that convinces others that you are really committed to what you say you want to accomplish someone stated only passion, great passion, can elevate the human soul to achieve great things. When you study the life of people in history who achieved and accomplished great things, you will discover that they were people who possessed passion. And that passion is what moved them to believe and to achieve. Larry Crabb noted, the core problem is not that we are too passionate about bad things, but that we are not passionate enough about good things. Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinderdorf Noted in his book, Finding God, one passion, it is He, only He. Let me ask you today, what are you passionate about? During this holiday break, I watched an animated movie with my grandchildren entitled Soul. You can find it on the Disney Plus app. How many of you have seen Soul? Anybody seen Soul? I got to tell you, I loved it. I love this animated movie, Soul, because in it, it talks about the importance of discovering the spark in you. In other words, that which makes you passionate. But I believe that there was a more central message 
in this animated movie. And it is this. Don't miss out of savoring the moments in which you enjoy life. Because really, it is those moments that make life worth living. In other words, don't just be passionate about accomplishing something. Be passionate about enjoying the moments you have in life. What are you passionate about? We read the following in Matthew's Gospel. Specifically in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. The scripture reads, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, did you notice there that the scripture tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion? And compassion simply defined means with passion. In other words, the Bible is telling us that as Jesus was carrying out his ministry, as he was conducting his calling, he did so full of passion. No wonder he achieved what he did. During those three and a half years of ministry. He was full of passion. But do you know what his passion was? Jesus' passion was people. Let me say that again. Jesus' passion was people. And as I study the scripture, I see this truth confirmed. Over and over again. And it's what I want us to look at together right now. Is the different portions of scripture that reveal that people were truly Jesus' passion. And how do we know that he was passionate about people? Because of the way that he ministered to people. The first thing I want you to notice that the scripture reveals is that he, that is Jesus, he cured people. He cured people. Again, there in Matthew 9, verse 35, it tells us, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing, notice, every sickness and every disease among the people. Did you see that? He healed every sickness and every disease among the people. How do we know that Jesus was passionate about people? Because he cured people when he found them sick and afflicted in body. The Bible says he healed them of every sickness 
and disease. And I'm glad to inform you today what the scripture says in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He who cheered then, cheers now. And I want to say to us that we need to understand that Jesus is more than a wonderful Savior. He is also a mighty healer. I know that we are still in the midst of dealing with the pandemic that hit our shores this past year of 2020. But I'm here to tell you, I know that there is an absolute cure. His name is Jesus. He can heal of any sickness, of any disease. And I am grateful to God. I am grateful for the scientists that have been working hurriedly and yet carefully and cautiously to try to bring about a remedy regarding this, this pandemic or this, 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 this virus known as COVID-19. But even so, in, 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 in their attempts, they're, they're, not, they're not able to tell us that with 100% uh, a certainty that this cure or these cures that they have will eliminate the virus. But I, I do have a cure that is a hundred percent. His name is Jesus Christ because He can do a perfect work. He can do a complete work because with Him all things are possible and He is all powerful. There is no disease that Jesus was unable to heal people of and He is the same today. We know He was passionate about people because He cured people. And He can do the same today. We also know that He was passionate about people because He cared for people. He cared for people. Again, the Scripture tells us in Matthew 9, 36, but when He saw the multitudes, it says, He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Another translation says they were harassed and helpless. He saw the people and the Bible says he was moved with compassion and, and, and the word for compassion there in the original language of the New Testament the Greek it's a word that speaks of vowels or it speaks of your guts. It speaks of the core of a person. Because it was believed that in the gut or in the bowel that it was the, the seat of pity and of love. He was moved to his core. He was moved at gut level when he saw people helpless and harassed. When he saw them weary and, and he saw them uh, uh, wandering. It moved him to the core. It, it stirred him inside from the gut. He felt for them. And this feeling that he had of pity and love moved him to want to alleviate them of their plight. To want to deliver them from their condition. He cared for people. He looked at them and he saw them. Notice how as sheep without a shepherd. In other words, he saw them directionless. He saw them in need of guidance. And what moved him was, I am the good shepherd. And if they'll turn to me, I will lead them. I will feed them. I will give them purpose 
in life. He cared for people. He was moved with compassion. Another reason why I know that people were Jesus' passion is He called people. He called people. In Mark's Gospel, in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible tells us in Mark 3, 13, And He went up on the mountain, notice, and called to Him those He Himself wanted. And they came to Him. Contextually, within context, the Scripture is talking about Jesus calling to Himself the twelve that would become His disciples. And the Bible tells us, if you study, that He prayed a whole night before He called these twelve to Himself. What I want you to notice is this. He called those He wanted. God said to His old covenant people, the Israelites, in Isaiah 43, 1, He says, I have called you by name. You see, God calls to Himself those He wants. And God's call is personal. He says, I have called you by name. And let me say to us that are here, God calls us. Jesus calls out to us. He calls us to Himself. Why does He call us to Himself? Because He wants us in His family. He wants us to be connected to Him. He wants us to know His love. He wants us to know His mercy. He wants us to know how we can live a life of purpose through His power. He wants to connect us to Himself, the one that is the true vine, the source of life and of strength that will make our lives productive and meaningful. He calls us because He wants us. Then I know that Jesus' passion was people because He championed people. He championed people. We see an example of this in Mark's Gospel. In Mark chapter 12, beginning with verse 41, down to verse 44. Mark chapter 12 beginning with verse 41, down to verse 44. It reads, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had, her whole livelihood. The disciples were impressed when the offering was being collected as rich people came and deposited their offering. And then comes this poor widow woman. And I'm sure the disciples looked at her and said, "Ah, what's she going to give? Having no clue of what she did end up giving. And yet Jesus championed her. 
by pointing out to his disciples, look, you guys were impressed by these rich people, but all they gave in comparison to her was chunk change. They gave leftovers. What you need to know is that she gave sacrificially. She gave generously. She gave above and beyond. She gave all that she had. Jesus championed her. Let me say to you that when you give, and I'm not just talking monetarily to the church, but when you're out there giving and carrying out what God has gifted you to do and giving of your time, giving of your energy, using your talents to make things better, to make others better, I want you to understand that the Lord records it. The Lord registers it. The Lord notices it. And ultimately, the Lord will reward it. Why? Because He champions people. And we see later on, two chapters later in Mark's Gospel, we see that there is a woman that comes into Levi, the leper's house. And she comes in with an alabaster box. And the Bible tells us that she broke it. And she poured out its content on Jesus. And those around said, what a waste. Because according to commentaries and scholars, that alabaster box that she broke and poured its fragrance or its ointment on Jesus, that was worth a whole year's wages. And people were saying, what a waste. But Jesus commended her. Jesus elevated her. Jesus also said that what she's done, the whole world's going to hear about it. It's going to be continually told over and over again. And here today I'm telling you about what this woman did. Why? Because Jesus championed her when others criticized her. And I want you to know that whatever you do unto the Lord and for the Lord, He recognizes it. He understands what it costs you. He takes note of it. And He will reward you. And when others criticize you, He will champion you. He will show others, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well, I am well pleased. Woo! Your labor! For the Lord is not in vain, child of God. He notes it. How do I know Jesus' passion was people? Another reason I know is because he changed people. He changed people. In Mark's gospel, in Mark chapter 5, I want to look at verses 1 through 5, and then we'll look at verse 15. It tells us in Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 1 down to verse 5, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And notice, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. But verse 15 says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one 
who had been, notice past tense, who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Notice, society couldn't chain him. The world couldn't tame him. Only Jesus could change him. Today in society, we have people being chained with the belief if we just separate them from society, if we just incarcerate them, if we just imprison them, if we just restrict them, then everything will be all right. But that will not change that person. And did you know we are the most medicated country in the world? We have a pill for everything. So if someone has a psychological problem or an emotional problem or a sleeping problem or a physical problem, we got a pill for everything. And we think uh, all we need to do is just give the right medication and everything will be all right. And yet we know that there are people that in spite of what they're taking, they're not tamed. They're still tormented. Why? Because there's only one that can give true peace of mind. There's only one that can bring peace, true peace, in the midst of panic. There's only one that can give you audacity in the midst of your anxiety. His name is Jesus. And Jesus came to do more than tame you. Jesus came to transform you. And He is able to. This man that was possessed by hundreds of demons, once Jesus came to speak over him with authority, every one of those demons were expelled out of him. And he was changed to such a degree that when the crowd came back, they found him, it says, sitting. He's no longer hurried. He's no longer anxious. He's no longer troubled. He's sitting. He's calm. He's at ease. He's clothed. He's no longer naked, running wild in the cemetery, cutting himself because he's tormented in his soul, thinking about just cut myself enough. The pain will be alleviated. I'll be relieved of this torment of my soul when Jesus spoke authority with authority over him he was changed and the Bible says sitting clothed and in his right mind that's what Jesus can do and I want to say to anybody that's here today or on live stream your soul may be troubled and you can find your you can find yourself free you can find your way to freedom. You can't discover and you haven't discovered yet peace of mind. But I want to present to you one who has not changed. His name is...
name is Jesus. And Jesus can give you peace of mind. Jesus can cure you of your torment. Jesus can heal you of anxiety. Jesus can heal you of those panic attacks. How do you know, Pastor? I've been delivered through Him from depression. I've been delivered from anxiety. I've been delivered from panic attacks in my life. It wasn't a pill that did it. It was the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. He has not changed. And He can do it for you today. Because He cares. He changes people. He's got the power to do it. The final reason I know that Jesus' passion was people is He came for people. He came for people. He left heaven's glory and came to earth. What for? For people. How can you say that, Pastor? Because He said it. He said it in Luke's Gospel, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The word lost means ruined, destroyed. Jesus said, I come to seek, search out, and to save that which has been ruined, that which has been destroyed. My friend, I can tell you by personal testimony and personal experience, sin destroys. Sin ruins you. When you decide to live life your own way outside of the parameters of God's loving limits that He's placed in His Word called His commands and His instructions and His statutes and ordinances, it will ruin you. It will destroy you. I know it. It happened in my life. But here's what I also know. That when you're ruined, when you're destroyed, to such a point that others count you out, Jesus comes and says, if you will allow me, I'll save you. And you know what that word save refers to? Not only being saved from sin, but it speaks of a process in which you are made whole in all of your being. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Sozo. Being made complete. Being made whole. Jesus specializes in transforming brokenness into wholeness. That's what He does. There may be areas in your life where you feel, Pastor, I'm too broken. I'm too messed up. There's no way this can be repaired. I want you to know there's one way that it can be repaired. It's through Him who said, I am the way. (laughs) He's the solution. And even when you've been counted out, even when you've counted yourself out, He says to you, son, daughter, give me your mess. 
because I can do a miracle in the middle of your mess. Give me your pain because I can turn your pain into promise. Give me your hurt because in its place I can bring about healing. Give me your wound because in your wound I can pour in my oil and make you whole. That's what he does. This is why I'm so passionate about sharing about my Jesus because I've experienced it firsthand. And he's shown me in my own life his passion, his people. He came for people. When Dwight L. Moody was in London during one of his famous evangelistic tours, several British clergymen visited him. They wanted to know how and why this poorly educated American was so effective in winning throngs of people to Christ. Moody took the three men to the window of his hotel room and asked in turn what he saw. One by one, one, the men described the people in the park below. Then Moody looked out the window with tears rolling down his cheeks. What do you see, Mr. Moody? Asked one of the men. He responded in telling them, I see countless thousands of souls that will one day spend eternity in hell if they do not find the Savior. Obviously, D.L. Moody saw people differently than the average observer does. And because he saw eternal souls where others only saw people strolling in a park, Moody approached life with a different agenda. Let me say to you and I, when we start to see people the way Jesus saw them, it will do something not only in us, but through us. When Catherine Law's husband, Lewis, became the warden in Sing Sing Prison in 1921, she was a young mother of three daughters. Everybody warned her never to step foot inside of the walls of Sing Sing Prison. But she didn't listen to them. When the first prison basketball game was held, In she went with her three daughters with her. And she took a seat in the bleachers with the inmates. When she heard that one convicted murderer was blind, she taught him Braille so he could read. Upon learning of inmates who were hearing impaired, she studied sign language so they could communicate. For 16 years... Catherine Laws softened the hard hearts of the men of Sing Sing. The prisoners knew something was wrong when Lewis Laws didn't report to work. Quickly, the word spread that Catherine had been killed 
in a car accident. The following day, as the acting warden took his early morning walk, he noticed a large gathering at the main gate of Sing Sing Prison. Every prisoner pressed against the fence, eyes awash with tears, faces solemn. No one spoke or moved. The warden made a remarkable decision. All right, men, you can go, but be sure to check in tonight. These were America's hardest criminals. But the warden unlocked the gate for them. And they walked without escort or guard to the home of Catherine Laws to pay their last respects. And each one returned. You see, real love changes people. That's genuine love. That's true love. Catherine exemplified the love of Jesus. She saw these men in need of help and she was moved with compassion to help. She loved like Jesus. As we've looked today into the scriptures, it's been confirmed. Jesus' passion was people. How do we know it? He cured people. Just like today, whatever sickness and disease may be afflicting your body, Jesus can cure you of it. He cared for people. You may feel like nobody else cares, but I'm telling you, Jesus is moved to his core when he sees you harassed, when he sees you weary, when he sees you burdened. That's why he invites you by saying, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How do we know his passion is people? He calls people. And why does he call people? He wants you. He wants you on his team. He wants you in his family. He champions people. He notices what you do for him and through him and for him. He notices. And he's going to champion you. He's going to reward you. We know he was passionate about people because he changed people. He transformed a group of ragtag misfits into world changers, history makers. He changes people. We know he's passionate about people because he came for people. He came for people who have been ruined, who have been destroyed by sin, not to leave us in our mess, but to transform us through his miracle working power. I want to say to you today God loves you. God loves you just like you are, but too much to allow you to remain as you are. He'll transform you. He'll set you free. And he proved it through his reckless love. And that reckless love of God that we sing about, I love it because it shows and its, its chorus, its lyrics point out that there's no barrier. 
that he won't go through to reach us, to heal us, to deliver us. I want to ask you, is there any area in your life where you find yourself broken? Is there areas in your life where you would say, Pastor Angel, I need healing today. I need to be made well. Pastor Angel, I'm not a physical cutter like that man was, but I am. Through my decisions, I have been cutting my soul through decisions that have been harming me. I'm saying to you right now, Jesus can free you. He can make you well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. And Jesus, I thank you that you are such a wonderful Savior. And you are a powerful healer. And you are a mighty deliverer. And you are the rescuer. And I have sensed throughout this day, as I've been sharing the word, that Jesus, you've been on a search and rescue mission. You really want to communicate to people here in this building and through live stream who are broken, who are hurting. You see them where they're at. You see them where they're hurting. You see their pain. You see the torment that's been going on in their minds and their souls. And you're coming to them right now through your spirit to bring about freedom, to bring about healing, to bring about deliverance. Not only are you calling them, but you're saying, call to me and I will answer you. And as your word says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here right now in this building, CWC Life Dinuba, or you're on live stream, you say, Pastor Angel, I need Jesus not just to touch me, I need Jesus to transform me. I need Him to heal me. I need Him to work wholeness in areas of brokenness in my life. And I want to invite you right now to call on Him. To say right now, Lord Jesus, I believe You're the same today as You were when you walked on this earth. Please touch me. Please transform me. I give you my brokenness. And I ask you, through your power, work wholeness in these areas of brokenness. I surrender to you And I thank you that you call me by name. And I thank you that you came for me because you love me. Lord Jesus Christ, I say yes to your working in my life. And I thank you that you are going to finish what you're starting in me today. In your name, Jesus. Amen.